just having the courage. Courage is only possible when you're experiencing fear, right? That's so right. I knew that this isn't life or death. Like being from New York City, I've been in way crazier situations than asking somebody if they wouldn't to sell their house. So Perspective. once I put that in my mindset, I'm like, I could definitely do this. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you become and you become whatever you do. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Isn't it incredible that one decision, just that one spark, that one thing that really you just know, if I made this move, if I take this action, if I start really putting my effort into this direction, changes your entire life. And that's what this story is. That's what this podcast interview conversation is going to be all about. Because I've got an incredible wholesaler out of Tampa Bay, Florida, that moved to Tampa Bay after watching this podcast, this exact podcast, watched an interview that I had with Dan Green, an incredible wholesaler that I personally coached, and made the decision to move from New York to Florida to pursue his real estate dreams, his real estate goals. And well, I'll just I'll just get right into it. It is my pleasure to introduce Elijah Bryant to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Elijah, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fine, Brent. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I just want to say, you know, you are a legend to me, you know. Watching your podcast like inspired me. You know, you say it all the time, talk to people. And at the time, you know, I'm really laid back, shy, but you kind of got me out of my shell. You made me believe that I could do this. Thank you. Well, listen, Elijah, you, you you have put in the work and it's an incredible story. And really, it's just getting started. I mean, you've been going, you've been going really aggressive at it for the last two years. In 2020, you did 12 wholesale deals of houses, but in 2021, you made a switch to to go after vacant lots, and you did 60 deals, averaging between five to seven thousand. Let's just call it a clean six thousand on 60 land deals. We're going to get all into that. But what were you doing before you decided to be a full time real estate entrepreneur? So I was actually playing uh, semi-professional basketball in Du Bois, Pennsylvania. And after that, that's when I moved to New York. I moved back to New York and I was just door dashing while uh, trying to figure out uh, the wholesaling business. Got it. And, and what did you have a friend in the business? Did you were you just Googling make money in real estate or do your own business? Like, how did you discover it? I always I ask this question every podcast because it's it's interesting to me. I don't I was in real estate, Elijah, for like 10 years before I knew what wholesaling was. I should have known, didn't know. How did you find it? So I actually just from YouTube, you know, YouTube, basically how to become a millionaire. Google how to become a millionaire and somehow wholesaling came up. Mm-hmm. So I was watching like all your podcasts 
uh, back in New York while I was door dashing. And that's kind of how I kind of got started. I love it. So let me ask you this question. It might be a little bit deep, but why do you want to be a millionaire? You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like some people want, I mean, it's a nice thing to think about, but then you actually started taking action. And so what about you internally is going on in your brain that you're like, I want to have this financial freedom. I want a certain amount. This is my goal. Like what, what is going on inside? Yeah. I, me personally, I want to live comfortably and I want a luxurious lifestyle and not just for myself, for my future kids, my family. Like if I could retire my mom, my dad, that would be my ultimate goal, you know, yep. including myself. Sure. Well, listen, you're on your way. I'll tell you that. And I, I love that. And, and I see that you've got a stack of books behind you. How often are you reading? How often are you investing into, into that goal, into that mind of living that luxurious lifestyle? So I try to read uh, 10 pages every morning and about well, five pages every night. Mm-hmm. And try to do that consistently, you know, reading different mindset books, like Thinking Grow Rich. That's probably my favorite by Napoleon Hill. Yep. It put I feel like it changed my mindset as I was doing the wholesaling. Oh, and listen, that that book, I mean, that is that is the the seed of personal development. That was like when that came out, it impacted so many people. And then a gentleman by the name of Earl Nightingale uh, really exploded that in the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s. And he came out with something called The Strangest Secret, which is basically we become what we think about. And that's what you're doing. I mean, you're constantly pouring in and thinking about being successful. And you understand that you have to solve the problems of people that have these distressed properties to be able to do that. So let's talk about that journey. You moved from New York to Tampa Bay to basically be like an apprentice, right? Yeah. So basically at the time, you know, I was living in my mom's basement and me and my mom, we're watching your show, the podcast. And you had a, a dude from Tampa, Florida, Dan Green, on your show. And he was basically explaining how he moved to Tampa himself and started wholesaling houses and made six figures. And at the end of the show, he, was, he stated that he was looking for an acquisitions manager. So that immediately piqued my interest. And at the time, you know, we was the same age, 25 years old. You know, my ego was like, don't hit him up. Don't hit him up. But my mom was like, you better hit him up. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. You know, I contacted him through Facebook and he messaged me right away and said, come down here for an interview. And that's exactly what I did. Like literally packed up my car, uh, drove to Virginia and then got on the Amtrak train uh, to Tampa, Florida. And I was in Tampa the next day. Incredible. That is incredible. So uh, you get into this business and you, I, I mean, just starting this out, you said, you know, self-admitted, I am kind of more of a shy person. I don't like go out. I'm not like going to be screaming and, and, and being loud and bombastic out there. How did you, how did you adapt your personality or maybe it just opened up, maybe it just blossomed in this role of being an acquisition manager because acquisition managers basically sales. In sales, all you do all day is you get paid for your ability to effectively communicate. So what happened? So while working for Dan, you know, Dan at the time, him and Mark McAllister, another uh, one of your students, they actually yep. worked in the same building, the same office. 
So around the time when I was coming down here, you know, I wasn't that good at sales. Like, I'm going to be honest, I w- I sucked. <laughs> so, but from being around them, seeing them speak to sellers and their different tactics, their tonality, how they handle objections, I would just record them and write down certain things that they would say. I'll go home later that day and just practice in the mirror for an hour or two until the next day. And I feel like each day I got a little bit better. And I feel like that's what made me more comfortable speaking to sellers. I love it. Reps, right? Yeah, you got to get I mean, the reps this is This is shooting free throws, you know, when you're young and building it up and getting going and building that skill. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, people... Uh, have to understand there's there there are people that are what would classify themselves as introverts, but you'll find that as you start having more opportunities to speak with people and you understand that most of the people that we speak to in the real estate business, it's usually pretty similar conversations. We're talking about the condition of the property, their timeline to sell that property, their motivation and their price, and then overcoming whatever objections pop up. But as you'll discover, as as you start doing a lot of businesses, there's usually only about a dozen to maybe 20 different real objections that pop up. And as long as you learn how to overcome those objections, you win. And that it sounded like you did. So uh, absolutely incredible. So in that... First year, so you go through, you're working with Dan, you're building the skills, you're around this incredible team, and then you decide to go on your own? Yeah, so backstory with that. So I worked for Dan for a little bit. Like I said, I wasn't the best salesperson. This is like my first sales job. So uh, we decided to part ways, but he told me like he'll still mentor me whenever I had questions. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. So around that time, I was back to DoorDash, and you know, I still had to pay bills and everything. So I'm DoorDashing. And while I'm DoorDashing, I'm driving for dollars. So I'm going to different areas in Tampa, you know, Newport Ritchie, uh, uh, St. Petersburg, the whole Tampa Bay, learning different areas, uh, driving for dollars and calling these leads. Mm-hmm. So that's how, how I got my first house deal from driving for dollars and DoorDashing. I love it. I love it. And so you were just building up your list. And then how would you reach out to these property owners? How are you How are you getting the opportunity to get in front of them? Yeah. So I would just go to True People Search uh-huh. and then call them up and call <laughs> them up one by one until... But one wait, 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 wait. But you're shy. You don't do that. <laughs> how did you get over that? No, this is... I, I really want you to to talk about this because this is a big... Uh, hurdle for a lot of people. A lot of people have these preconceived ideas of, uh, you know, or or at least it's been put in their brain that, oh, he's the quiet one. She's the quiet one. They don't say much. They're going to do their thing. He's a basketball player and he does door dash. And then all of a sudden you're calling people and, and getting opportunities. So how'd you overcome your fear of the phone? So I think, you know, like you said, just reps and yep. also just having the courage, courage, it's only possible when you're experiencing fear, right? That's so right. I knew that this isn't life or death. Like being from New York City, I've been in way crazier situations than asking somebody if they wouldn't sell their house. So Perspective. once I put that in my mindset, I'm like, I could definitely do this. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you become and you become whatever you do. I love it. 
I love it. So you just started the classic. And, and listen, 80%, I've said this on this podcast probably a bazillion times, 80% of brand new real estate wholesalers get their first deals from driving for dollars. It is a very simple formula. Ugly properties, big checks. Ugly yep. properties, <laughs> big checks, right? I mean, that's what we're looking for. We're looking to solve the problems of the distressed property owners. Well, listen, well, Brent, what, are, what does that mean? What is a distressed property owner? What's a motivated property owner? Somebody that has a property that needs a lot of renovation. Somebody that has a property that's super dated or it's, uh, it's a, a junkyard or it's a hoarder house or it's, you know, the roof has been burnt down or, you know, the plumbing burst and there's a flood. Like there are so many different opportunities to just drive around town and find these properties and have a conversation, have a quality conversation with that distressed property owner. So you called them up and asked them if they wanted to sell? Yeah, so that's exactly what happened. Like my first deal called her up. Another wholesaler actually had it under contract. Okay. But she said, you know, call me back in a month. And if they don't close, I'll sell to you. So that's exactly what I did. I wrote down the date, called her back a month later. And she told me that they actually backed out. So then I asked her basically, you know, what price did they have it at? And she told me, so at the time they had it at sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. I already knew they couldn't get it. They couldn't move that at sixty thousand. Yeah. So I immediately lowballed her. You know, I told her, you know, I could do it at thirty thousand. You know, they had it too high. This house needs a lot of work. I could do it at thirty thousand. And she just wanted to sell. So she agreed on that price, and that's how I got my first deal. I and love it. I love it. Look at that. And then from there, I mean, once you got that first check in from, I mean, did you go full time? Did you keep doing your door dash? Like, what did your life look like then after you got your first check? And is it, is it one of those things where you, now you have proof of a concept. Now you feel like, oh my gosh, like you felt a lot more uh, courage and a lot more confident where you like, oh, I still need to do some more to make sure that this is something that I can do for a long time. Grant, once I got that first check, I felt like a rock star. <laughs> it was crazy because my uh, one of my, I think the second or third deal, I was actually competing with Dan's acquisition manager. This is another driving for dollars lead that I got. And now, you know, me and Dan, he's still mentoring me. We're still close, hang out every weekend. Yeah. And now we're kind of competing on the same deal. But it's his acquisitions manager. And I actually ended up getting that deal. So that's kind of what made me even feel more confident, you know, seeing my progress from when I first started with him to actually kind of competing with his company and getting that deal. And it was still love. We actually celebrated right after I closed that deal because I used to go to his office all the time as well. Sure. Sure. That's great. And then from there, you know, I started doing it virtually in a different state, wholesaling houses in Indiana. And that's kind of where I felt more confident uh, doing it virtually and just calling from my house. So you would just you would just get lists in Indiana, call them. And did you have boots on the ground? Why did you go to Indiana? Why did you feel more confident in Indiana? Yeah. So the Tampa market is kind of flooded uh, with a lot of wholesalers. And 
I still believe, you know, you could get deals in Tampa, but I wanted to get. You were getting deals in Tampa. Yeah, I, I was getting deals, but I wanted to get like, you know, more deals. Got so it. I tried a different market, you know, just pulled the list. Um, just getting over that fear of I don't have to be there to make money. Right. You know? Yep. And that's what kind of made me go into Indiana. Low price housing uh, is more of a rental market. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, pulled the list and I got a good response. And that's what made me just stay consistent in that area. Awesome. Awesome. Now let's switch tracks a little bit here because I really want to dig into what you're doing with vacant land because a lot of people sleep on vacant land and uh, one of the best vacant land coaches in the country. I, well, I would consider him the best Brent Bowers on this podcast does an incredible job talking about this and trying to convince people that it's a great strategy, but here you are wholesaling vacant land in infill situations, what that means is like in neighborhoods that are, are already established, you're finding lots in there and you did, I mean, you're doing five of these deals a month last year. Now we talked before we start here, you're at seven to eight deals a month from vacant lots. So yeah. tell me what's going on there. Why do you, and, and do you like it more? You're obviously like, this is a big focus for you. Yeah, like how you said, they're asleep, so I'm about to wake them up. (laughs) So with the vacant lots, it's just much easier. It's an easier conversation. A lot of these people, they don't have a a big connection to the land. So really, they just want to offer. And if you're around the same price as them, you know, they're more easily to agree on your price. Uh, I don't feel like I have to convince them. It's not really talking about the condition I don't really need the motivation. We just kind of have to be at that same price. Uh, I notice also my follow-ups. I'm getting deals usually around two to three follow-ups, if that, if not the first contact. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So it's just, I feel like it's just much easier. Basically, what I do is I find the builder first, mm-hmm. get his criteria, exactly where he's looking at, zip codes, price. Uh, square footage and then I pull a list of that filter and then I just give out offers I send text out and I call call all right so I got a bunch of questions here and I love this so two to three follow-ups and you get the deal locked up right now that I know. Oh gosh, I love this. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it, we 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 do the same thing here in Arizona. It's the absolute truth, right? They either want ten times what it's worth, or they just want to get rid of the property. That's just a fact. And do you think? My first question is: Is there less emotion when it comes to land than with houses for the property owner? Absolutely, absolutely. Like a lot of these times, it feels like they're trying to sell it to me. <laughs> so I'm like, bring them on, bring them on. Yeah. yeah. The second thing is, how do you find, I think what, you know, everybody's probably screaming in their car or on the treadmill or whatever else. How do you find the builders then, and, and then almost reverse wholesale, right? They give you the criteria and then you go to work for them. How do you find these builders? What does that conversation sound like? So yeah, I'd find the builders either on Google or I look at, you know, recent lots that have been sold in the area. Mm-hmm. And I, I skip trace the LLCs or sometimes these builders have a website 
and I just, you know, be transparent with them. I let them know exactly what I do and that I could look for off-market lots for them at a discounted price. And they're not going to say no to that. <laughs> so that's exactly what I do. Listen, Elijah, I am telling you right now, and I, I, I'll, I will put this on record, on tape, and on this podcast. You can build a nationwide company to do, I'm telling you, right? I mean, yeah. it's probably already in your head. You're probably already, <laughs> you're already seeing this five, you know, three, five years down the road or sooner. You know, you can really make this like the thing where you have an army of people that talk to builders and match them up with vacant lots. I'm telling you. People yeah. are, people still are, you know what? You know why people sleep on this, Elijah? Because it's not exciting. Right. You can't yeah. go to the barbecue and be like, yeah, I sold this lot in this neighborhood. And they're like, what, like an empty lot? Yeah. OK, whatever. But if you go and be like, I sold this house, house. it's on this street. It had, you know, it had cats everywhere and it had junk cars and everything. And look at these pictures and everything. And it becomes this elaborate story. Listen, you want to make the most money in this business? Have the worst stories. <laughs> Have the most boring <laughs> stories. I'm telling you because nobody yeah. else can do that. That's that's incredible. I love it. I, I and I'm excited to watch you totally, you know, expand your reach in your business. That's going to be phenomenal. So smaller deals, though, right? Five to seven thousand. Yeah, I actually got a good one in North Carolina right now. Okay. Uh, I actually got it for it's three lots. I got it for fifteen thousand each. Yep. So forty five thousand. Yep. And the thing I don't kind of like about the land so much that these builders, you know, they kind of look at the fees. So we brought it to the builder for one hundred and five thousand mm-hmm. just because I got it at such a low price. Love it. And he agreed. But once he seen my fee, he kind of backed out. So what I'm deciding to do is just buy it myself, yep. list it on the market for one hundred and twenty thousand and hopefully, you know, Uh, actual tenant or an actual buyer that wants to build a home will buy it because they're all three right next to each other in a luxury area. So, And listen, you close on that at 45, you put it on the market at 120, it could go, it could be bid up to 150. It could be bid up for more. What? Let me ask you, in that neighborhood, Elijah, what are properties selling for? So they're selling for around 450,000. You got it for 15 grand each. Each. Yep. You better close on that. You better put that. That's incredible. I love that. That, yeah, that. I, I just listed it on the market today. Awesome. Uh, so you closed flat, it? No, on a f- flat fee listing. Oh, yeah, sure. Love it. Love I it. plan on closing on it in a week or two. Yep. Yep. Incredible. So awesome. When you're Googling, you just Google home builders, home builders in their area. The, the area I'm searching it. I love it. You know, the beautiful thing is they're always looking for land, right? And a lot of times they have people that are in-house and they're trying to find it and they have people calling and this and that, but there's always, they're always looking. They always have opportunities. So that that's phenomenal. It's really not that difficult, right? Just yeah. Google it, find these people, call them up and see what they're buying and go find it. Yeah, I what I noticed from a lot of the sales that I got is a lot of these people want to sell their lots but, you know, humans, we procrastinate. Yep. So a lot of these people don't want to contact the realtors and go through that whole process. Yep. So when I contact them, asking them if they want to sell their lot, they get excited. They, they're, It's like a light bulb hits their head. And they're like, yes, 
uh, we want to sell it. So a lot of times they give me their offer first. And that's how I, that's how I got this one for 15000 each. Awesome. Uh, the lots. Yep. Three lots awesome. for 15000 each. Awesome. Incredible. It's amazing what one phone call can do. You know what I mean? And you're absolutely right. You know, I think that if people are starting out in this business and they really want to build up their courage and they really want to build up their experience and their endurance talking to strangers, call vacant lots. I've been saying this for four years. Call on vacant lots and it's a lot easier of a conversation. Most people are very, very unemotional about it and either they, they want way too much or they, they want nothing for it. So uh, incredible. Well, you know, it's that time of the show. It's time of the podcast where we break down a deal. Now, you had a deal on a house because we had talked before this and you're like, well, land is just, you know, it's, you know, there's not a lot of story here, right? It's like a barbecue. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's tell the barbecue story here. Let's talk about, tell me a deal that you, that you did and we'll break it down. Yeah. So basically this is one of my early deals, probably my third deal that I yep. got. And I'm actually driving to a doctor's appointment. I remember. So I'm going through this uh, town. It's in Leesburg, Florida. And I see a lady and her son, they're move, moving furniture out the house, right? Yeah. And at the time, you know, I'm still kind of nervous. I'm still like nervous to speak to people. So as they're moving furniture out, I, I like drive right by them. But immediately something in my head was like, turn around, speak to them. That's right? it. So I circle the block and I drive by them again. It's like I hesitated. I was nervous. I've been there. But I'm like, you know what? As I said earlier, you're only courageous in those moments of fear. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to do this. So I circled the block again, you know, and she's moving her couch out with her son out the house. And I go up, I introduce myself, let her know that I work for a real estate company and we buy houses just like this. Yep. And then from there, we just had a long conversation and she was basically breaking down the story with the house. This was her mother's old house. And they weren't looking to sell it. But she said, you know, you seem like a nice guy. Give me an offer later and I'll consider it. You know, so I took pictures of the house and I told her, you know, I'll give her an offer later. So later that day, I looking on prop stream, Zillow, like this is a small town, so they don't have many comps. Sure. So uh, the Zestimate said, I think about one hundred and ten thousand or one hundred and twenty. So I'm like, I know I have to just give like a low ball offer. So I just called offer fifty thousand, and she immediately accepted. And <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised. Yep. So I put that deal on Facebook Marketplace. Yep. Uh, for fifty five thousand, because I wasn't sure if this was a deal or not, and a lot of buyers hit me up. They were flooding my DMs. So what I did was I had like an open house where they all came at the same time. So while we're at the house uh, for the open house, you know, I let her know that these are my contractors for the house. You know, they just want to do like an inspection. And at the time, one of my buyers, he actually walks in with his wife and like a baby so she stops me. She pulls me to the side and she's like, are these people buying my house? Mm -hmm. And like at the time, my heart just like kind of dropped. Sure. I was nervous. I didn't know what to say. 
Sure. But, you know, quickly, I just, you know, I was transparent. I let her know that actually they're the ones that's going to buy the house, but they want to see what what kind of layout they want to have it as. And she was okay with it. Yep. And so later that day, they all bid on the price. And the one with the baby and their wife, they're the ones that actually came the highest at 63500 63,500. So was the property in pretty decent condition? It was in pretty decent condition. They can move in and kind of fix it up as they go? Yeah, so it wasn't even that bad. It was just vacant and nobody lived in it. And, yep, I made 13,500. Come on! I love it. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, congratulations I've been waiting for that for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, well deserved. And listen, you know, sometimes we get nervous when people when when the seller's there and we have people coming through and you hit it right on the head. Just be honest with them. Just tell them, you know, and and we even have it in our purchase agreements. We have it when we're having conversations with them that one of our exit strategies is to assign this to somebody else. And so Never had a problem with it. Literally have not had a problem with it when you've just been open. I mean, people want their price. They want to make it, they want it as smooth as possible. They want you to communicate effectively and they're happy and they get out of that situation. So congratulations, $13,500 on just driving around and that I know that gut check where you yeah. turn that car around. Oh, and then you're kind of like, do I get out of the car? Or do I just play this off? Like, oh no, I'm just going to keep going. And Don't. you know, you go through all these things, but uh, I implemented, it's really funny. And, and, and maybe you did just naturally, uh, Elijah, uh, I implemented like a, a five second rule where it's like, okay, I'm going in five, four, three, two, and get out. Boom, go. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like a countdown. It's just a mental thing that helps me to take action, and not overthink it too much. There's a human, you're a human, go talk to them, see what's going on, see if you can help them out, see if you can give them an offer. And uh, whether that's in person or over the phone and just, just, be the person in the community that is helping people solve these problems. That's what we do. That's what wholesale is. That's what we do. We, it is the art of finding discounted properties, but really it's the art of solving the problems of distressed property owners. Cause if they don't have problems, they'll put it on the market. They'll sell it. They'll keep it. They'll rent it. They'll do whatever. I try to tell myself this isn't life or death, you know, right? all I had to do was ask that one question. And that one question made me $13,500, you know? So that's why I would tell people this isn't life or death. This is actually easy once you even get it in rhythm is you just having conversations with people. Yep. It's fun. Yeah, it actually becomes like a game and fun. Yeah. Doesn't it? It gets to the point where that, that switch gets flipped and all of a sudden it gives you energy as opposed to draining you of energy, right? Yep. Yeah, I love it. So uh, for anybody that wants to reach out to you, they want to squat up with you, they want to learn more about what you do or about maybe being a part of your company, uh, what's the best way to, for people to reach out to you? Yeah, so you can reach me either through Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Elijah Bryant. And on Instagram is Thy Book of Eli, T-H-Y-B-O-O-K-E-L-I. I love it. And love it. And listen, if you're reaching out to work with this guy, you better be a reader. You better Gotta be reading. Be. <laughs> right? Right. Gotta be. That's Change it. that whole mindset. It. 
I love it. So uh, just to wrap this up, thank you again so much for being on here, but give some advice to anybody starting out. I think that you hit it on the head about just the perspective and about, you know, how fun this business could be. But just tactically, what do you think people should do if they're listening to this, they're inspired and they're like, I want to run out right now and do something. What would you tell them to do? I would say, you know, just be consistent, consistent on your marketing, consistent on your follow up. Hang around the right people because the right people will put you in the right positions in life, just like how Dan and Mark did for me. And just grind, just yep. grind, just keep keep at it because it's going to happen. Like, I don't give it. up. You only I, lose when you give up. I love it. And I'm going to give a special message to your mom. Uh, thank you. Thank you for giving him the push to reach out to Dan and to get him out to Florida. Elijah has incredible things that he that he is going to do in this business and, uh, and and for real estate in general. So thank you, Mom, for uh, for convincing him to uh, to send that DM and to to make that move. So. Uh, congratulations. Absolutely incredible. I celebrate you. I'm going to be watching you from afar, just making sure that you just keep going. And uh, it's going to be exciting to to see you expand your business and to and to hit that, hit that, live that luxury lifestyle, repi- retire your family, be that magnet in your family that is building wealth and doing incredible things and has that energy. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's very inspiring. Thank you, Brent. I appreciate you. And thank you for having me. You got it. You got it. That's it. Awesome. Well, guys, listen, if you are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP coaching program, the TTP family. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP, wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check out what it's all about. It is incredible. All the incredible people that I've had the pleasure and honor to coach over the years. Check out all of their success, their testimonials, what they have to say about it. Check out what the program's all about. Over 100 hours of support calls. The program A to Z exactly step step by step what to do. And you work with me personally. So if that, if it feels good in your gut, uh, make sure you go there and sign up for a call. And I look forward to working with you personally. And as always, I sign out encouraging you to go and talk to people. Till next time. Love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.